ever think about how you are seen or perceived? Does your visual presentation help or hinder you? Does confidence play a part? Tune in as we discuss body language, dress, and confidence as essential factors for women to be heard. You are listening to the Girls of Grit podcast, hosted by Annalisa Rhodes and Cynthia Fakara, bringing you over 20 years experience as top performers, top earners, and leaders. Grounded in grit, our mission is to be ambassadors for professional women in the medical device sales industry, helping them tap into their potential, magnify their mindset, and escalate their careers by providing real-world, everyday scenarios, struggles, and solutions. Welcome to the Girls of Grit podcast. It's time to dig in. Hello, Lisa. Hi, Cindy. How are you today? Great. And you? Great. And hello to all of our listeners tuning in to the Girls of Grit podcast. We are so happy to have you here today. Welcome to today's episode, which is really a continuation from our previous podcast, which was titled Three Common Mistakes Women Make When Trying to Be Heard. And it really focused on the speaking aspect of women in meetings and in presentations or sometimes in medical device in an OR situation. So to recap, you missed it. The points we addressed were three common mistakes being number one, volume. Do you speak too loud? Do you speak too softly? Number two, timing. Are you speaking at the correct time? And number three, delivery. There's so much truth and it's not what you say, but how you say it. So being heard is so important in moving your business forward. And we want to expand on this topic and address other aspects of how women can control and contribute to being heard. So what else is included in the delivery of a message? It's not all originating from what we're actually saying. It encompasses our entry and presentation into a room or a meeting. It includes three areas we'll focus on today, which are number one, body language, number two, dress, and number three, confidence. So we really believe paying attention to these three aspects combined with the awareness of your volume, timing, and delivery of speech and what you're saying can truly make or break your moment. Absolutely, Cindy. Absolutely. And thank you for outlining that. I think it's really important that we outline it for everyone here so that they know what we're going to discuss today. And, you know, I was thinking about it and you and I were talking and, you know, some really good questions to ask. Like, for example, Maybe there's a chance that a woman's voice can be disguised just by the way she's dressing or looking or the way her makeup is. Or is she uncomfortable in the pair of shoes she's wearing? How about her posture and how she stands? Um, You know, making eye contact. I think there's a lot of things that we can talk about and we will discuss today on just how, even though you think your voice is sounding a certain way, how is it being received? How are your customers, your colleagues, um, you know, your leadership team, how are they receiving what you're trying to get across? 
That's yeah. a, that's a really, really great point. And as you were talking, I was listening to your questions and it makes me think like sometimes your impression sometimes can be when you walk into a room. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. First, first impressions are everything. And we were laughing because you had mentioned to me, you know, obviously we both love to work out and, um, you know, whether it's individually like running or riding a bike or doing a workout class, but you had mentioned to me, you know, sometimes it really depends on the instructor, um, on how you're actually going to take that class. And you have a good example. So you should probably just tell our listeners yeah. an example, cause it totally hits home for me. Right. Right. So, you know, I think about it this way when a, a first impression or an example, aside from just work, you know, because ultimately we're talking about going into a meeting and how do you present yourself? So if you just step back and think about in a different scenario, you're going into to say an exercise class and say it's early in the morning and a person walks in, who's going to be your instructor and they're maybe tired. They're mm. kind of slouched. <laughs> they maybe aren't the most fit person and make a comment like, Oh, I've got my coffee. It's a slow start today. Like, what does that do to you? Yeah. In that room. I think I'd leave that class. I'd be like, you know what? I don't have time for this. <laughs> I need somebody with high energy. Now, what if, let's switch gears here. You walk into that same class and the instructor comes in standing tall, shoulders back, a little bounce in her step, a little bit of energy, maybe some water and saying, Mm -hmm. good morning, everybody. Mm -hmm. Very excited, very fit looking and happy to be there. It's, it's two seconds of a quick glance of somebody that makes your attention either pay attention or not. So if you want to be heard, don't you think people need to be paying attention to you? Right. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, so let's just dig right in. Um, so I think the first message that we want to talk about, or one of the first tactics is, is body language. And I laugh because it reminds me of this Disney movie. My daughter loved the little mermaid and <laughs> you know, the, the big octopus, the woman that's like super evil Ursula. She's singing a song and she talks about the all importance of the body language. And when she says that, she shakes her big old boobies and her <laughs> hips. And I'm like, whoa. But it makes you think about your body, right? And how how do you hold your body? And, you know, obviously you want to stand up straight. You shouldn't slouch. You know, your eyes are forward. They're meet, they're making eye contact, but you know, they're not downtrodden. Um, you know, are you are you walking with kind of like your arms open or are you closed off? Like are you you know, what's your, are you standing there with your arms crossed as you're talking to people? Cause that's kind of a closed off stance, I think in a lot of ways, but you know, and also in that same aspect, what are your customers doing? Right. So, you know, sometimes, or a lot of times in meetings, whether I'm standing in the hallway with them, or even when I'm sitting in an office with them, you know, sometimes they'll sit back and they'll cross their arms and not necessarily does that mean that they're closing you off. It could just be that they're comfortable. I think especially when you're sitting down, it may just be a more comfortable position sometimes. But someone told me a long time ago to emulate what your customer or the person that you're talking to is doing so that you yourself are are doing the same thing um, because then they feel more comfortable, right? So are they leaning forward? Well, you should lean forward. Are they leaning back in their chair with their arms crossed? Maybe sit back, cross your arms or place them in your lap. Um, you know, kind of like read your customer. So that's that's being self-aware, obviously, of what you're doing as well as what they're doing. But if you see a customer 
and they are kind of backing away from you as you're talking to them. And as you're getting closer, they're backing off. I think you need to read that as a clue of, you know what, this isn't a good time. I need to meet with you at a different time. I know you're so busy and have that discussion basically saying, and I do this all the time where if it's not the appropriate time to talk to my customer and he doesn't, or she doesn't invite me to walk with them down the hallway, I will instead say, okay, I know you're so busy, Dr. Smith, you know, let me make an appointment in your office and I'll come back and and meet with you then. And that puts them at ease as well as you're making another appointment. So that's a little sale in your book. Um, so you you bring, yeah, you bring such really, really good points because you know, um, again, we're talking about wanting to be heard. Do you think the doctor is going to want to listen to you want to say if it's, if it's not a good time for him, right. You know, and something you said was, was interesting to me about, um, you know, crossing your arms or being closed off that, that it's true. I think sometimes we always, not always, but I think crossing your arms can really be seen as a defensive position yet. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, sometimes it's cold, you know, mm-hmm. right, sometimes you're right. just cold yeah. or you stand with your arms crossed and really paying attention to reading their cue, because if their arms are crossed, but they're looking at you and they're engaged, maybe it's not, I don't want to talk to you. Maybe it's, I'm just comfortable sitting or standing this way, or I'm mm-hmm. cold. And so I think that you bring on a huge, huge point that I want to reiterate about reading other people's cues because body language is a give and receive language in communication. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And, you know, you mentioned, and I didn't actually know this, but looking at someone's feet as you're talking to them, I've never done this. So why don't you tell our listeners what you mean by that? (laughs) Okay. So um, years and years ago in a company that I worked for, we had this awesome presentation and I wish I could reference it but it talked about body language. There are two things that stand out. So I will talk first about the feet because you mentioned it. So let's say you and I are in a conversation and um, we talk about reading body language, right? Sometimes people look at their watch, like, oh, I got to go or whatever. There's Mm -hmm. a subconscious thing that has been proven that people do when they're either uncomfortable, wrapping it up, ready to leave. And that is the First part of their body that moves is their feet. So let me explain. You and I are standing, having a conversation in the doorway, and um, I'm in a hurry and I got to go. And you're saying something. My tendency is to kind of start leaning towards the door. First thing that moves is my foot. So if my foot starts to point towards the door, then the rest of my body shifts. And it's like, I need to go. I need to go. Stop talking. (laughs) Wrap it up. Wow. So it's, it's funny that, um, I didn't thought about that for a long time, but I remember after I learned that I did pay attention. And so maybe it's not a hundred percent true, but I think if nothing else, it's the awareness of somebody's body language when you're speaking to them, are they shifting to leave? Yeah. And the second thing, so that's your feet, body language. Are they engaging or are they disengaging? Mm -hmm. The other thing is, let's say you're having a conversation with, we're just going to use a doctor, for example. and when you know that they're very confident about what they're saying, there's mm-hmm. a universal sign that's been recognized for leadership and confidence. And that is called the steeple stance. Or like if you take your fingers and your fingertips all touch um, and they make kind of, I'm trying to figure out how oh, I can yeah. describe it. Like the old church and steeple that used to do. Church and, yes. 
open yeah. the door and see all the people. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> when, if you're, if you're in the middle of a conversation and somebody really emphasizes a point and they put their hands together like that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it is a subconscious way of being confident in their delivery and a sign of leadership. So I think it's really interesting to pay attention to those types of cues in a conversation. And you can know exactly, I trust this person. I know what they're doing. They believe in what they're saying. That's interesting. I actually did not know that. So thank you for sharing that with me. I think I'm going to go practice that the next time <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm talking to somebody. I'm going to make the steeple. Seriously, I am just going to exude that confidence. Um, but that's, you, know who, yeah. you know who on TV is somebody that has done that many, many times? It's Trump. Oh. oh. No Do you ever pay attention? He no. does that a lot. No, I will absolutely look at him. I'll, I'll watch in general for people to do that. I wonder, gosh, now I'm going to be super aware of that. Interesting. Uh, yeah. So body language is really important. You know, the way you hold yourself, the way that other people perceive you when you walk into a room or when you're presenting or when you're meeting with them, you know, are you emulating them? Are you making them feel comfortable with when you're talking to them? Um, or are you kind of super arrogant, you know, are you pushing them off? So I think that's really important. Obviously we don't want your shoulders scratched, uh, or scrunched or your eyes downtrodden, because if you're looking down and not making that eye contact, um, which is, is also really important. And I almost forgot to mention the eye contact. So yeah, you want to make sure that you're talking to your customers and looking at them in the eye or anybody for that matter. Nobody likes when your eyes are darting around. I mean, truth be told, they say that when your eyes dart around, you're lying. So I think that this eye contact is really important to convey your messages. But also, we live in a world where now everyone is looking at their phone or their watch or their computer. And it's like they're not even connecting with the real world. So I think it's uber important that we make that eye contact with the people that we're trying to get our point across to or connect with. I think you bring up a really, really, a very, very important part is that, you know, um, distractions. Yeah. When, when you're looking here, you're looking there, they're not paying attention. Um, so I, I think there's a, there's a flip side to what you're saying though, too. Mm-hmm. I think too much eye contact can be intimidating as well. Like you don't want to stare them down. Well, that's, that's true. <laughs> but something else that you said about emulation, um, person comes to mind, somebody that I know that I've known for a while, who is a shy person, very, very smart person. But when you have a conversation with this person, mm-hmm. he doesn't look up. Like he looks down, he, he's having a conversation with you. He is engaged with you. So point, there are certain people that have like an uncomfortableness. So if that's the case, then don't stare him down. That's a good if, point. Yeah. Back to what you said about emulating. If you know this person is just somebody that looks down, then just, you know, relax, like give them a break, look this way or off to the side and just, you know, be engaged in the conversation, but follow their cues. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, but don't emulate them. It made me think of something to the point where like, you know, doctors are always getting pinged on their phone constantly. (laughs) And it can be during the time that you're talking to them. Don't you use that excuse to go to your phone. Just sit patiently and wait and let them do their thing and they'll get back to you. Most guys and women are very apologetic when they get pulled away for two or three seconds. But, you know, when they're looking at their phone, it doesn't mean you just all of a sudden tune them out and you look at your own. So, um, yeah, all of this, again, is just really self-awareness. 
It really is. And there's so much in body language and paying attention mm. to that. It's probably something we've all known, but hopefully if you're listening today, it's just something you'll pay attention to. And I'm very yeah. curious as to how you, how you focus more on what you're saying, listening with your body as much as your ears and your eyes. Absolutely. Okay. So next we get to talk about something I love talking about, which is dress. So <laughs> this is so important. Um, and I, I actually wrote a chapter in my book on this and Cindy and I were talking about it. You know, it can, it sounds really easy, but sometimes even the small things you don't realize. So for example, in our line of work, we wear scrubs a lot. Pretty much every day we're wearing scrubs or we're changing into scrubs into the OR, whether they're the throwaway kind or they're the hospital branded that we you know, put in the laundry mat at the end of the day. You know, I cannot tell you, Cindy, how many times, and I'll see this with guys too. They literally like let their scrub shirt hang over their pants and they just look like one big clown, like a big <laughs> ball. Like, you know, tuck your shirt in, make sure that, you know, you don't want your scrub pants too tight, ladies. We don't need our scrub pants too tight, but. And make sure you're aware of what color underwear you're wearing oh. that day. Oh, late. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Cindy, has that ever happened to you? That's never happened to me. Not to me, but I've seen it. Like oh, I have, oh, oh, like, like polka dot underwear, like hot pink. What are we talking polka about? Polka dot, hot pink, lace, <laughs> you name it. And if the ladies, if the waist isn't tying, you bend over, you better be careful. Oh my yes. gosh. You know that what? was bad. Actually, you're so right. I've really seen bad. that on other people. You're right. You're right. You're right. Definitely the underwear <laughs> popping up. Ooh, so tacky. Yes. So make sure that you don't wear underwear that you can see. Um, <laughs> good Lord, make, make them nude, but, um, you know, tuck your scrubs in, make sure that your name tag is on there appropriately so that everybody can read your name tag. Um, for me, and I know I mentioned this, but I'll pull my hair back. 99.9% .9 of the time you're wearing a scrub cap anyhow. Right. But even when you don't have the scrub cap on, my hair is usually pulled back and I don't know. But for whatever reason, when my hair is pulled back, people tend to listen to me more. And I don't know if it's because my hair isn't maybe in my face. I don't know, or hanging down or being distracted. But when my hair is pulled back, I just feel more put together. Does that make sense? It, it actually does. Because I think sometimes when you say that, I was really trying to picture that, that maybe if you especially have long hair and it flows down, it gives a more casual look maybe. Yeah. But yeah. pull, pull back out of your face, especially like if you're going into an OR is a more, we're down to business look. Yes. Yes. Speaking of OR, this is really important, ladies. So um, the OR is in and of itself a sterile field. You, you may not be actually in the room, but it's still a very sterile environment. And hospitals have a lot of policies on what is allowed and what is not allowed. You know, the nail, the fingernails. Um, loose clothing. You don't want to have loose clothing or lots of jewelry that can catch. But a big one that, you know, for me is a big one. And actually for my father as well is perfumes and body oh, lotion. Yes. Right. I mean, nobody wants to smell you coming down the hallway. I mean, that is just so obnoxious and you're in a sterile environment. You really don't need to pile on the perfume when you're going into the OR, you know, save that for later. Um, but my father actually made a really great point. He's a, he's a surgeon and he mentioned that, you know, a lot of people are allergic to perfumes and you oh, don't yes. know that you don't know if your customer has an allergy to perfumes, but what if all of a sudden she does, 
and she starts sneezing uncontrollably as you're talking to her. Well, guess what? Whatever you're talking about <laughs> doesn't matter because she's going to be totally, completely checked out at that point and it's probably going to run away from you. So the last thing you need is for somebody to think you and allergies. That's the worst thing in the world. Right. Well, not to mention, I mean, it's, it's unfair to the staff around you. If somebody's allergic, yeah. they need to work. I mean, yes, I've got a mask on, but nobody wants to sneeze the whole time you're in a sterile field going out and changing your mask. Yeah. And smelling the perfume. It's just, yeah. So yeah, I, that, for place. me, that's a big deal. Yeah. I'm in place. I'm in place. Huge deal. So, Huge deal. So, Glad you brought that up. Yes. Yes. And then, you know, talking about meetings, um, I always joke. So there's always one person that I swear every meeting, some, some wonderful female decides that knee high boots are a great idea. <laughs> they're not a great idea. They're not really a great idea anytime, but they're really not a great idea at a business meeting. And so I caution all women wearing boots, especially knee high boots. When you're meeting with, you know, surgeons and doctors and nurses and techs, you don't want to be known as the knee high girl, knee high boot girl. <laughs> it totally gives the wrong impression and, and completely opposite of professional. Even like I said early on about exercise, you want somebody who's there to represent an exercise class and make you want to exercise, right? Well, yeah. if you're in a professional meeting, you want somebody who represents professional. Yes. And, and nothing else. <laughs> nothing else. So, <laughs> you know, a nice pair of heels. Sure. Comfortable flats. Absolutely. Suit. 1000%. Knee high boots and a short tight dress. Knee, probably not the best place to wear it. Pick some other places to wear that kind of stuff. In my opinion. Professional etiquette and wear. Absolutely. So what about, what about necklines? What's your opinion on necklines? Mm, That's a really good question, Cindy. I mean, I, okay. So I can say this, you know, in general, I do not think it's appropriate, obviously to show your cleavage. In addition, don't wear a shirt that potentially could open up at any given point as well. So, Mm. I mean, clothes are amazing, right? I love fashion. And sometimes they can be really flowy and beautiful, but if you're not careful and you wear the wrong shirt and you haven't used your little Hollywood tape or whatever it is to close (laughs) off your top of your shirt, you could flash and not even mean to. And now what kind of impression are you giving off to your physicians? I mean, (laughs) that is terrible, right? Like you don't know. So no, I mean, you don't need to wear a high neck shirt every time, but make sure you're wearing appropriately buttoned up shirts. I don't know. I think that's. I 100% agree with you because, you know, the whole topic of this conversation is about being heard. So what simple things can we do in our control? You can have your shirt buttoned up to your Mm -hmm. neck. You know, you can exactly your collarbone and you can think about it. If you walk in with high heel boots, is the doctor going to hear what you're saying? Or is he totally (laughs) going to be looking at your boots? (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. Goal is to be heard. Yeah. And Yeah. And you know, we keep talking about this and really number three is all of the above and the topics that we talked about before in our last episode, all of these things create confidence. Confidence is something that, you know, you don't have to be born with confidence. Actually, most people are not. I mean, some people have that innate ability to just be confident, but most people in the world start out not being confident for whatever reason and they create it. And, you know, um, someone was telling me and I didn't know this and I, I love this guy, this actor, James Earl Jones. He was a, he had a really bad stuttering problem as a child and 
here we have a very famous actor, world known worldwide. I mean, he was the the voice of Darth Vader, for crying out loud. Yet he had a stuttering problem. So he obviously overcame that. And he's so confident in his ability to perform that he probably had to work really hard on that. And so again, confidence can be built. And, you know, as we discuss all these things, Cindy and I, we really believe that a lot of what we're talking about today helps you build that confidence level that gives you the, you know, permission to go in there and have those meetings with those physicians, with those nurses and techs, with the CEO of a hospital. A hundred percent. Just what we mentioned today, body language. If you stand tall and put your shoulders back, just try it. Do it in the car now. Feel how different that is when you want to deliver a message. Yeah. If you, you know, um, of course, with post-COVID, there's still a lot of meetings on Zoom. So, you know, some of the best advice I was given long time ago when they started with like phone interviews is that, you know, previous to having Zoom, but you can do this on Zoom now, any type of audio communication, if you have an important meeting, dress for the meeting. Like Absolutely. If you're in your office, stand in your favorite heels, stand up and talk. Your delivery is that much different. It gives you confidence. Absolutely. So how you stand, what you're wearing. If you wear something professional and you feel good in what you're wearing, that's mm-hmm. going to come across as confidence. And that is going to relax you and help deliver the message that you were there to do. Yeah. No, I absolutely agree with you. I'm actually thinking I had a Zoom meeting with um, with someone, I guess it was probably about a year ago and he was standing up and I, and I actually thought it was kind of cool, but it also just gave the, it, he exuded confidence as he was giving it. I mean, he was a really important person that I was meeting with, but it just, I don't know, it just gives you that whole mindset. You know, it's like wearing the suit. When you put a suit on, you just are thinking more business. Even if maybe the the suit is going to go from a business meeting to, you know, a dinner or a lunch or whatever, just when you dress that way and you stand that way and you get used to thinking that way, that's how you're always going to be. It's a routine almost. I I agree. And, you know, if you think about it, confidence itself is, is kind of an unspoken language. Absolutely. It really can be. And, you know, I, I really love this quote and I want all women to hear this. And I do not know the author, so I would give he or she credit, but I love this quote. Confidence is the most beautiful thing a woman can wear. And and I think, I I just love that. I'm going to say it again. Confidence is the most beautiful thing a woman can wear. And remember that. Remember that today when you're out there and being confident, because it's amazing how you can say the exact same words one way and say the Mm -hmm. exact same words, more confident. And it's heard so much better. Absolutely. And your point is made and it's gotten across and, you know, the respect level is there from all of your counterparts. That's what you want in this job and in this business. And and truth be told, you know, that good old adage, first impressions are lasting impressions. You absolutely want your first impression to be the best impression with every single person that you come in contact with from from your customers all the way to the supply chain managers, to the CEOs, to your leadership teams, to your colleagues, you always want to give that best first impression so that they know you are here to do and give the best of your abilities. And that first impression can lead to second and third and fourth meetings. And, you know, your ultimate goal is to grow your business. And, yes. and you know, you, you brand yourself, you make 
who you are. And just think that if you present yourself in a certain way and then you can repeat, think of all you, it's limitless. Absolutely. You can have all the knowledge that you need, but we're really hoping that today paying attention to the extra things Mm -hmm. that you can add to your knowledge will make Mm -hmm. a huge impact. Yes. Yeah. So, so just in summary, I think it's important that we summarize this and also pull from our last episode talking about, um, you know, the, the first three mistakes that women can make and how to change those is first is your volume, right? Making sure, are you too soft or are you too loud? Um, where in the middle is, is your perfect volume, your timing, timing is everything. Are you off on your timing? Did you say something at the absolute wrong time to say it? Well, there was a bad impression. Or is your timing on? Are you spot on with your timing? Delivery, how did you deliver that message? Were you, you know, too soft-spoken and just didn't have any confidence in how you were saying it? Or were you assertive and directive? Um, And then today, you know, what we talked about today, Cindy, is the body language, how you're presenting yourself, your posture, your eye contact, you know, how are you holding yourself? And what are you wearing? I mean, how are you, how do you look? Did you, do you look like a mess that you just rolled out of bed or did you look like you just came from the beauty salon or do you look like you're in, you're in business mode and you're ready to get down to business and make sure that everything is taken care of. You're getting your points across, you're making those sales, you're productive, you know, and you're, and you're moving forward. Exactly. And that confidence really, really shows when all of these are put together. And, and I truly believe in summary that women have the power to control and contribute a powerful message when trying to be heard by simply being self-aware and paying attention to these six things we talked about, volume, timing, delivery, body language, dress, and ultimately confidence. So thank you for listening. And I challenge you out there today. I have a simple call to action. What I'd like you to do today is, or tomorrow, if you're listening at the end of the day, the next meeting you have, the next conversation you have, I'd like you to pay attention to one of these six things and be aware of how you speak and how you present. And when you come out of your meeting, I don't care if you write it down or if you just think of it in your head, I want you to give yourself an honest and true evaluation. And I guarantee there's one aspect in here that you can improve next time. And then you see the difference between paying attention to how you speak, maybe it is, or body language, I guarantee you will see a result. And that's what I want to hear about. So we'd love you to give us some of your feedback on this. And I challenge you to do this call to action. And then I'd love for you to reply to us about what worked and what didn't. Absolutely. I love that so much, Cindy. Yes. So in summary, thanks for everyone joining in with us today. We hope you really enjoyed this episode, learned something from it and move forward with it. And we look forward to having you join us once again for another episode of The Girls of Grit. All you need is a little bit of grit to be your best today and build for tomorrow. So dig in and find us on Instagram at The Girls of Grit, our website, thegirlsofgrit.com and LinkedIn, The Girls of Grit.